Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run fast. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. And just like that, the NFL draft is over. I feel like the lead-up to the draft takes forever, and then those three days seem to fly right by. As a big fan of the Eagles, I wanted to get reaction to the moves the Eagles made while the decisions were still fresh. I wanted to speak with someone who has a unique perspective on the Eagles' decisions because a lot of times we can have tunnel vision about the moves being made just by our own team, and there's a lot going on around the the league in the NFL. So my guest today is someone who – has looked at the Eagles from a micro and a macro level and is covering the NFL for the athletic, Sheil Kapadia. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sheil. How are you? Good. Yep. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. It was a, a busy uh, three-day draft there, but uh, like you said, it kind of comes and goes, and then uh, you have a long wait now before uh, anything real happens, I guess, until training camp, so there's a lot to digest. Yeah, and you're just kind of taking it all in. Every single move seems to have some weight to it, and even the moves that you don't make have some weight to them. So I uh, want to get right into it because there's so much to, to talk about. Uh, the big conversation in the city was the trade-up to take uh, Devontae Smith in the first round. You were really high on him ahead of the first night of the draft when you were speaking with Bo and Zach on your podcast, Birds with Friends. Fantastic title for your podcast, by the way. (laughs) Absolutely love that. Um, The hypothetical question was posed to you about Smith, Sertan, and Waddle all being there at 12, and you ranked Smith highest on your list of those three Bama players. So, um, of course, the knock on Smith is going to be the conversation about his size. What do you think of the Eagles being proactive and trading up against a division rival with a a divisional rival um, and then, you know, giving them a third-round pick – to, to make that happen. 
Yeah, I, I think going into the draft, I did not think they should really pursue trading up. You know, I felt like they just had so many holes on the roster that they did not need to be that aggressive, that they could just wait at 12. And my thing was, don't overthink it. Whichever one of those three players comes at, comes at you at 12, uh, Patrick Sertan, Jalen Waddle, or Devontae Smith, just take that player, move on, and uh, you could feel good about your pick. But like you said, the way the draft unfolded was different than I expected with both Justin Fields and Matt. Jones, they're dropping out uh, of the top 10 there. And so all of a sudden, you're in a situation where if you want one of those three players, you do have to move up and go and get him. I think the Giants and Dave Gettleman, uh, you know, they were certainly interested in Devontae Smith. I think he pretty much admitted that if they sat there, that was going to be the pick. So I think it was a smart move. You know, I'm generally not uh, not for trading up because I think you want to get as many bites at the apple as possible because the draft is such an inexact uh, science and there's so much uncertainty and you you can feel great about a player right now, and then in two years you look back and go, "Why did we think that you know that player was going to be uh, a Pro Bowler or an All Pro or whatever?" But I think in this situation, um, you know, certainly uh, Smith was someone they felt like they had to move up to get. The alternative was going to be to sit there and maybe trade back or take a player uh, that really was not in that same tier. And so they gave up a third round pick. Ideally, you don't want to do that, but you know, ultimately, when these decisions get made, you have to go on record. Would you have done it or not? And so I think I would have done it. Yeah, I think I would have made that move. Uh, I like Smith a lot. I think uh, he can help them right away, both in the short term and the long term. I think he's got a high ceiling. So I thought it was it was a good move by them. And it's kind of an interesting ripple effect that happened with the Eagles moving up with the Cowboys to kind of block out the the uh, NFC East rival, the Giants, from taking him because, one, we're trading up to get him on our team, but we're also trading up to get him, not let him be on their team. You know, yeah. like he would have been on the Giants. We would have played him two times a year. Right. So I, I think there was a little added pressure. Maybe if it was an AFC <laughs> team that was right in front of us and they were targeting Smith, that they wouldn't have as much pressure to take him. But you're right. Like the, the first 10 picks of the draft were going in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and I felt like we were possibly going to miss out on one of those big, big playmakers. And, uh, Smith is undeniably uh, talented, and I am excited that he's on the team. So I'll go on the record with you and say <laughs> that I'm okay with the move. Um, I don't care that people are knocking his size at this point. I think he'll he'll rise above that in his in his career for sure. Yeah, so, I think I think you're right. Uh, Eagles fans, you know, those those two games a year against him, certainly they would not have let Howie Roseman forget about it if Devontae Smith ended up being a uh, a fantastic player. So you're right. I mean, the, the knock on his size is certainly fair. I mean, it's a bit of an outlier, and you don't want to take too many of those. My thing is, uh, you know, he's played in the SEC. He's played in a big-time conference, and he didn't get hurt. He played, what, over 50 games, 54 games or something in four years. So he's got, like, this knack where you can sort of tell he's always been the smaller player and he knows how to uh, avoid those big hits, I think. He's got those instincts where he's just not like going all out to gain uh, every yard and, and he wants to protect his body. So uh, we'll see. You know, there, there's not really a precedent for a guy who's been 166 pounds and then been like a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. But, um, you know, he's got everything else you're, you're looking for. So he, he should be fun to watch. 
Definitely. Now, the video scene around Philly, the night <laughs> two of the draft, uh, if you haven't seen it already, it appears to show a very excited Howie Roseman and a less enthused Tom Donahue, who I did not know before night two of the draft, to be honest. <laughs> he is an Eagles senior football advisor. Um from what I am understanding, maybe something happened when they traded back from 70 to 73 and missed out on a player in that range. But do you have any idea? I mean, we selected defensive tackle Milton Williams. Did you get any like clarity on what that exchange truly was about? Yeah, I think Howie Roseman sort of alluded to it in his uh, press conference that night. And, and, and like you said, you know, I think they were sitting there at 70 and I believe traded back to 73, uh, I want to say. So I think when you do that, you probably have your, you know, your list. One, two, three. Here's who, who we hope is going to be there. If our top two options go off the board, then we have a third pick who we like. And so uh, they make the trade back, which I thought was a smart move. Uh, but I think we can pretty much conclude that Tom Tom Donahoe was hoping that, uh, you know, I think it was cornerback Aaron Robinson who actually went to the Giants, the Central Florida cornerback. I think he was probably the guy that Tom Donahoe was hoping, all right, I hope this guy falls given that we're trading back. And he didn't fall. He, you know, he got taken, and that, that's always the risk uh, you take when you do those trade backs. So he goes off the board, and uh, Howie Roseman is going around and, and handing out uh, fist bumps to everybody. And uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, we, we uh, you know, the Eagles strategic. I think the next day, or at least the video of the other side of the room where defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon is going nuts because he was obviously very excited about Milton Williams, the defensive uh, tackle from Louisiana Tech, who they ended up taking. Now, everyone's not going to agree on every draft decision. I mean, there's a lot of people involved with it. They're always going to have um, disagreements and uh, and be thinking about it differently. But, you know, at, at the same time, when a guy gets picked, you, you know, you, you typically have to just be a team player and say, all right, it didn't go the way I was hoping it would go, but um, that's the player we got. So uh, it was a rare, candid moment, you know, given the sort of the state of the Eagles, it felt very Eagles-like that, um, you know, that would be captured and that would all of a sudden become the story on night two of the draft. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's what that was about ultimately. And I know that the exchange for a lot of fans brought back the memories and and the story that was so compelling on The Athletic. Some some of the dysfunction or, I don't know, like the dynamics of the Eagles front office, because that was such a uh, mind-blowing article that you guys wrote up. So I think that when we heard that, like, then we looked at that video, we saw, like, this is what they're kind of talking about. Like n- nobody's on the same page with the staff or the coaching or uh, the front office. So I think that's a little bit of the concern everybody had when they saw that, but it could just be, he missed out on the guy he really liked. So, right. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, you know, sort of went back and reread that article at the athletic, like you mentioned, where it was just, um, you know, we did kind of a deep dive and talked to a lot of people about just sort of the culture in the front office and how decisions are made and those types of things. So then, you know, that, that was probably what, like three weeks ago. And then three yeah. weeks later, you see something like that. So I was sort of sick thinking the same thing. You know, if they were, if this was coming off the Super Bowl season, right? And there was this seat in the draft room, 
No, probably you're talking about it for five minutes going, all right, you know, that was kind of weird. No big deal. But given the way last season went, given how much turnover they've had, uh, you know, and, and given some of the things we've reported and other people have reported, I think you look at that and go, wait a minute, is, is this kind of what everybody um, is talking about? So, yeah, it, it was certainly interesting that of all the years for that to be caught on uh, camera, that this was the one for the Eagles. <laughs> definitely. Now, I mean, other teams definitely have their struggles. Uh it's, it's hard to look at any other team when you're a huge fan of one team. You only care about what they're doing and what they're not doing. But what team, what organization do you think has handled their quarterback situation worse at this point, the Eagles or Green Bay? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, that bombshell was just dropped hours before the draft. I can't imagine Packers fans enjoyed like a single minute uh, of the draft with that sort of hanging over their heads. So... You know, it's tough to say until we see how this uh, this Aaron Rodgers situation resolves itself. I mean, I think there's a chance that you could certainly say the Packers uh, have handled it worse because, you know, the Eagles, the Wentz situation obviously went terribly, but he played horribly last year and they still got some pretty good draft compensation for it, you know? So it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. But man, and if you ultimately, were... if, yeah. if, if we're being honest, it's probably easier to, like, let go of him after he played poorly right. versus trying to convince fans of the Packers yes. that the MVP is not that important. We can move on <laughs> if they have to trade him. Exactly. Exactly. He's the reigning MVP. He's like an all-time great. They've won uh, 13 games in each of the past two seasons. They've made it to the NFC title game. Like they're in that, uh, in that situation where it's like you just make a tweak here and a tweak there and get a little bit better luck. And you, you know, you could win a Super Bowl next year. And now all of a sudden he doesn't want to be there. So yeah, I guess you'll have to ask me uh, that again maybe in like August once we see what the resolution is like but if he's not there uh, for the Packers and even if they trade him for you know three first round picks that's going to be a, a worse scenario than what happened to the Eagles in my opinion definitely I mean I'm I'm always trying to find the silver lining for Eagles fans so if there's a, a team that handles their quarterback situation worse I'm definitely going to try to point it out <laughs> yeah this has been sort of the off season of quarterbacks being unhappy I mean it, you know Wentz feels like it was like 10 years ago at this point. And then you had the Russell Wilson stuff and uh, now Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, it has been sort of a strange off season in that respect. Very, very strange. Um, all right. So I have this segment that I do on my show called the Kelly green lightning round. Quick questions, fun answers. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yep. All right. Would you rather be too busy or be bored? Uh, too busy for sure. Okay. Would you wish you had what would you wish to have known 10 years ago what wow that's a good one what would i have wished to have known 10 years ago oh my gosh I know <laughs> maybe that a- there was going to be a pandemic yeah you know what there you go that's a good yeah you know what that, that's it yeah there's going to be a pandemic in 2020 uh so in 2019 just like every night you're out at a Buy restaurant all the stock in pfizer yes. you're good <laughs> yeah 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 you're seeing your friends you know on a nightly basis you're never too tired to go out all those things so yes thank you for your help on that one that's that's a good one that's what i was thinking when i asked the question okay would you rather watch the super bowl at home or live at the stadium that's uh you know i would say live at the stadium well for for work i know this is a lightning round i'm terrible at this uh, obviously but live at the stadium sort of working or like as a or like in the stands 
I guess whatever one you want to answer it as. You know what? If if I don't have if it's not like I loved being I, I was at, I was lucky enough to be working at the Eagles uh, at the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl and that was like a once in a lifetime. Uh, well, maybe it won't be once in a lifetime. <laughs> I don't know, but so far a once <laughs> in a lifetime not. experience. But I, in terms of just watching the game, like last year, even if there was no pandemic, I wouldn't have had much of a desire to sort of be there. I think it's just as good at home. You can see better. Um, you're comfortable in your own house. You know, you can get snacks whenever you want to. Uh, so I would say most of the time at home, unless it's kind of like an, an epic type Super Bowl. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Would you rather have all the green lights at the trough at the traffic lights when you approach or never have to stand in a line again? I think I would say all the green lights because I'm trying to think I feel like I don't wait in a lot I don't have to wait in a lot of lines now like I'm trying to think what I wait in a line for you know I, I do have uh, two daughters so I guess once we start doing like amusement parks and stuff like that that would but but you know what standing in a line now is nowhere near as bad as it was when I was a kid you know you have your phone you're catching up on stuff like there's all kinds of uh, entertainment you can you could plug in your headphones and listen to a podcast so yeah the more I think about it, uh, I, I would definitely rather have the green lights. I hear you. I, I totally agree. Uh, would you consider yourself more of a hunter or a gatherer? Uh, a gatherer, I would say. Yeah, hunting. Okay. W- hunting would not be my thing. I'm actually a uh, a vegetarian, so if I ever had to go like hunting with Carson Wentz, I would have been very uncomfortable. It probably would have been very uh, unsafe for me. I would not, you know, want to go anywhere near uh, any type of weaponry there. And so uh, I would definitely say gatherer. I can walk around and like uh, pluck pluck blueberries or uh, whatever gatherers you know tend to do. I love it. Thank you so much for humoring me on that segment. Now let's get back to those birds. I think a lot of people were thinking defense for night two of the draft, for sure. Hoping to address a major need like linebackers or cornerback. Uh, The Eagles drafted interior offensive lineman Landon Dickerson uh, with their first pick of the night. Do you believe the Eagles were sticking to their board and selecting the best player available, or were they reaching for a future need? Uh, I think they were going best player available there because, you know, like you mentioned, it is a future need. That's true. It's not an immediate need, but I do think he's somebody who they saw huge upside in. And I think he's somebody who probably the scouts and the personnel staff said, this is a terrific player. He will fit well. He'll be great for the culture. Uh, You know, my thing was that early in the draft with the 37th pick in the second round, given the needs on the roster, he had too many injuries for me to feel comfortable taking a player there. Now, you know, you never hope a player gets injured. Hopefully he stays healthy and has a terrific career. But if you're looking at it from the organizational perspective, just the injuries he's had in college, you know, what are, what's the likelihood that he's going to be able to stay healthy and be a dependable player for you? I'm not saying it can happen. It certainly can happen. Just when you look at the percentages of it, uh, I would have probably gone with more of a, a safer pick in that spot. Like a safer starter, like right, yeah, somebody who, yeah, yeah less. Um, I, I don't even know, like less flags, I guess. You know, somebody who just has doesn't have like a major injury history, doesn't have any major character concerns. Somebody who your scouts like, like at that early in the draft, I don't think you have to like like take a risk on a player um, with sort of the history he has. 
And, uh, you know, Howie Roseman really has this draft to prove himself to Eagles fans. So I was a little surprised that he wasn't trying to go for a player that would be an immediate impact type of player. But then we heard a few, you know, minutes after they selected him that, you know, maybe he would be plugged in to play guard for a a while and, you know, learn next to Kelsey or something like that. So he the intention was for him to be a starter right off the bat. Yeah, we, we'll see how it shakes out. He kind of looks like, I, when I was, uh, you know, they just had the photo of him in front of the link. I was like, he looks like he could be like Kelsey's little brother or uh, <laughs> or, or something. So when they get next to each other, I hope people don't uh, don't get confused. But yeah, I, I think he'll have a chance to compete for playing time right away. I mean, we'll see. You know, right now it's certainly Sayamalu at left guard, but you never know. You know, if he's somebody mm-hmm. who comes in and in training camp is, is healthy. Now, I think he's coming off that ACL uh, injury so it may be tough for him I think to be able to compete for that playing time right away but you know who knows you, you never know how somebody's going to recover there's at least a chance he plays and all of a sudden the coaches look at it and it's like wow he you know he's definitely one of our best interior linemen we've got to get him on the field and then you say who gets bumped there and then also these things sometimes have a way of working themselves out where somebody suffers an injury you know Brandon Brooks's injury I think was last off season, and so hopefully mm-hmm. he's healthy obviously a, a terrific player who's been so good for them for so long but um, you know there's a chance that there's a good chance that not all three starters are going to be healthy for 16 games and that someone like Dickerson would have to play regardless at some point and then like you mentioned there's also the chance that he just flat out uh, plays really well and earns a starting job at guard I, I, I don't think he in my opinion there's no way he's earning a starting job at center I mean I thought Kelsey played really well last year I don't think Kelsey uh, decided against retirement to come back and be a backup. So I don't think that's happening. I think Sayamala would be the, the most likely one that he would have a chance to kind of beat out there. Yeah, and I mean, we had so many injuries on the offensive line. I think it's hard for Eagles fans to um, be excited about a guy who had an injury list like he has. So right. that's the, the main thing that everybody points to when they, they're excited about him. I think that they see that he could be a potential answer for the long term. But, you know, you see the O-line injuries from last year and you're like, let's not add to the list, you know. Right. Um, but then there was this crazy um, run on offensive linemen in the second round. I mean, there were a lot of offensive linemen taken, so it's almost like we got ahead of, we got the choice of the top picks in the interior line uh, position, I guess you could say. So, um, if that's who, you know, the team thought was the best player available, I'm not going to knock it. I really have been kind of pounding the table for best player available as much as possible. So, you just want to feel like that is the case when, they take a player that isn't at a, a immediate need, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think certainly uh, everything that I know about him and have heard is that like the, you know, the upside is legit, that he is a, he's a terrific player. I think he played all five positions. He started at least one game at uh, in college. I think in the NFL, he's an interior offensive lineman. But, you know, it's a big if. It's a really big if if he stays healthy. But I think if he stays healthy, he's got a really good chance to be a good player for them. For sure. Now, when you look at this Eagles offseason as a whole, I mean, we've got a new coaching staff, some free agents who aren't breaking the bank by any means, a pretty significant trade of our quarterback. Um, and now the draft selections. Do you think Howie's done yet? Um, 
I think they could still. I think maybe they would make a minor move or two. You know, in in the uh, summer, we'll see what happens with injuries. The Zach Ertz thing is still sort of hanging out there, where he could still be traded, but that would obviously, you know, most likely be for uh, draft capital. But um, yeah, whether it's. I guess cornerback could could certainly be a potential area uh, where they look at bringing somebody in there. I, I don't know what they think of Avante Maddox, whether they think he's an outside corner or whether he's going to be a slot corner for them because he has played kind of all over the place. So the defense is a mystery. You know, we haven't heard from the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, yet. So, like, I've been having all these conversations, and I'm sure you, you have too, where you're sort of guessing, all right, who's going to fit where. But Kind of like Mike Zimmer's defense. Right. Kind of like what, all, all you really hear at this point right so, yeah, yeah all, all you can go off of is where he's coach right but like i mean i don't know like i've worked in different places and that didn't mean i was just gonna do it you know it's like i'm sure <laughs> exactly. he has his own ideas and he's been waiting for this opportunity so that's kind of wait and see so uh, i would think they would make some you know some minor moves kind of here uh in the months ahead i would be surprised if it, it was something major although i guess you with the way this offseason has has gone like we just mentioned uh in the nfl uh who knows if there could still be a sort a big move or a big shakeup between now and week one somewhere. For sure. And the Eagles had 11 picks in the draft. They ended up drafting nine players. What is your biggest takeaway from the Birds moves? My biggest takeaway? Uh, you know, that's a, it's a good question. I think for the most part, it was kind of like a standard you know, I was saying before the draft, like I felt like Howie, Ro- you know, Howie Roseman and the Eagles did not want to make headlines in this draft. It was just like take players who are sort of consensus ranked where, you know, take them where they're ranked by by a lot of people and don't overthink it. Don't do anything crazy um, and just kind of go from there. And I think that is what they did uh, for the most part. You know, Dickerson might be a little bit um, of the exception. And we mentioned that scene in the draft room. But I think overall, if you look at it, it was like a draft that made sense. I guess would be my biggest takeaway. And that hasn't always been the case. You know, last year we're all talking after night two, wait a minute, they took Jalen Hurts in the second round after signing Carson Wentz to $128 million extension. And and there's been those moves, you know, pretty consistently uh, over the years where you kind of look at it and go, are they trying to outsmart everybody or are they overthinking it here? And I think this was like the don't overthink it draft. You know, this was just get your board ready, pick the players and uh, trust your process and kind of go from there. So uh, I think that's probably my big takeaway, how I saw it. Yeah. And I I thought that it was interesting that they kept going back to uh, address defensive line a couple of times during the later part of day three. We saw a couple of uh, D linemen. We had the linebackers taken in the uh, end of the draft. So it was an interesting way to kind of address the like, youth of this roster because we are getting a little bit older on the D-line. Yeah. Um, but you don't really think about that stuff until, you know, these guys are running out of steam. Like, I think BG's probably on his last year, but then Fl- Fletcher Cox is still pretty uh, active and making some incredible plays uh, as we go. Uh, we have Josh Sweat coming up. We have Derek Barnett in his fifth-year option. So what did you make of them going D-line so heavy in uh in the draft. Yeah, I think what you said is spot on. You know, it's always, I always like when I'm looking at sort of draft needs to look at where the team's going to be at this time the following year. And so if you look at it next year, Derek Barnett, 
like you mentioned, you know, he's going to be a free agent and Josh Sweat is going to be a free agent. So that's like, you know, two guys right there. And then Brandon Graham's going to be what? And they're, they're our younger guys. Right. They're the younger guys. <laughs> and so, um, you know, maybe they have great years and you're able to bring one back or two back. But like, there's no guarantees, right? I mean, if they haven't signed a contract now, um, they're pretty close to free agency, which players, uh, and for good reason, usually want to get to, because that's the only way to find out what your true market value is to just get out there and say, who's going to pay me, uh, the most money. And so they're, they're close to that. Brandon Graham's up there, even Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, he, he certainly has his moments and has his games, but, um, I think he's, he's past his prime also. They don't have much depth at defensive tackle. So I think that's probably part of it. I, I think certainly they're, overall philosophy is they never want to be in a situation where they're scrambling for offensive line help or defensive line help. And so if there are areas where they're going to say, let's just invest in young players and kind of see what we get, I think those would be the two areas of the roster. And that's that's what you saw with some of these picks, I think. Definitely. And uh, were there any moves or decisions that the Eagles made that are currently going under the radar um, and aren't being spoken about enough, in your opinion. Uh, I like the Milton Williams pick a lot. You know, in the uh, in the third round, there he's a little it's getting bit... overshown by the the video. <laughs> right, I think that's true. Right, that I mean, that whole pick was about who kind of who they didn't take and the disagreement in the draft room. But I I just thought it was funny because I think you know even if the guy Donahoe wanted was there uh, or who we think he wanted, Aaron Robinson. Uh, I think Milton Williams was the better option. Now, I could be wrong. Who knows how their careers will go, but I thought uh, Williams was a, a, a fun player, I think, based on how we think the Eagles are going to play. He's a scheme fit. It's tough to find interior pass rushers. It's tough to find those quick guys who can just make plays uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And he really fits that prototype and really came on strong last year. So if you're kind of looking at it um, as a player, maybe under the radar, who could have an impact right away, and maybe in three years from now, we're saying, wow, that was kind of a steal again. It's unlikely. Like I just, you know, when you draft somebody in the third round, like if they're on the roster and filling a role, it's a, it's a good pick just because the draft yeah. is really hard. But um, you know, I do think there's a chance for upside with him. Yeah, and uh, I think we took the LSU linebacker Jacoby Stevens in the sixth round, if I'm rem- remembering correctly. Yeah, um, we got pretty good value in a cornerback Jalen Mills from LSU in the seventh round at one point. So I'm kind of hoping that one works out for us because we, we desperately need linebacker help. And if we can find some gems in the later rounds, that would be a huge deal for me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's an area where he should be able to come in and compete for some type of role. I think the book on him was that, you know, last year he didn't play as well as he had played in uh, 2019. But I mean, he was a big recruit coming out of high school. He played a lot of snaps for LSU. You're a starter for a really good team in the SEC. So he was kind of like a hybrid safety for them, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. They'll probably kind of position change him there and have him be a, a linebacker, maybe on third down or an obvious passing situation. So um, who knows? Those are all like lottery tickets on day three. I mean, it, it's tough to find talent there when you're able to. Uh, it's huge because those guys are signed to such uh, you know uh, inexpensive contracts, and so um, we'll see. Even if he can fill like a depth spot, make the team as a special teamer, like those are all uh, positive outcomes, and so. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he looks like in practice this summer. 
And we're getting a lot of SEC guys this uh, yeah. this year in this class. I mean, that's an unusual situation for us to find ourselves in as well. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, when I think somebody had asked uh, Howie Roseman about like not drafting Alabama players before the draft, and I was kind of, like that. I that had struck me. I hadn't even remembered that, but I guess it was the case there uh, for a while. So I guess they made up for it with their with their first two picks. Yeah, back to back. Gotta respect it. And that is all we have time for today, folks. Thank you so much to Sheil for coming on and your insights and perspectives. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Listeners, please subscribe to the incredible journalism that is happening at The Athletic. Sheil and his whole crew are doing incredible work over there, and they just definitely deserve to have your readership up and uh, focused on the crazy stories that they're going to come out <laughs> with because Eagles fans always care about what's going on with this team. So definitely plug in them because they are doing some incredible work over there. So check out The Athletic. Please subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of The Kelly Green Show and Fly Eagles Fly. If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. To save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.